What is up? Welcome back to Doubleheader Podcast, Episode 2, presented by Scott and Tim. Uh, presented by Group W Bench Racing. The unofficial sponsor of the Doubleheader Podcast. Thanks for our friend Tom Tucker. Yeah, he uh, wanted to step up and decided to get us a little sponsorship here, so can't complain about that at all. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys are listening to this, this is episode two. We just want to kick things off again and get right back into it. First things first, uh, we did notice online, whether it be SoundCloud or Spotify or, you know, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on, even though I know we're not on SoundCloud, so I don't know I've mentioned that. There are a couple of other doubleheader podcasts, so we were thinking about possibly changing our name. So, no, we don't have a ton of followers yet, but we're open to suggestions if anybody has them. Other than that, we'll be considering some other ones and possibly making some changes in the next couple episodes to the name. If um, you uh, do suggest a name, just try and remember the whole twin thing and try and incorporate it somehow if we can. But yeah, definitely open to suggestions. Kind of uh, weird that we looked and realized that we weren't the first um, by actually quite a while. So uh I mean, we love to be the best doubleheader podcast, but at the same time. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's just going to cause some issues. So, you know, we're thinking about changing it. At the same time, if everybody thinks it's a good name, we'll we'll consider keeping with it. But, uh, but yeah, so jumping right into it, uh, this past week, pitchers and catchers reported uh, to spring training. Tim, what are uh, some thoughts you have on that? Oh, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Uh, it looked like they were definitely getting in some, some good pitches. I, I saw a video of Ivaldi throwing, just looked like he was back at it. I know um, Sale and Erod have been pitching. So definitely pumped about that. Pumped to see the guys getting back. I know that um, now like Bogarts is there. J.D. Martinez showed up today. Verdugo's there. So Speaking of J.D. Martinez showing up, you see uh, the shirt he was wearing? The Tom Brady one. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Really good. I love that. Yeah, Um, yeah, I saw Garrett Richards reporting for first time, number 43 for the Sox this year. That was uh, pretty cool to see. It's always good to see these new players getting in there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm excited. I just want to be able to watch more video and just understand, you know, how they're doing and just keep seeing them progress. And I mean, I know that the, the first game is going to be here in a couple of weeks. So, just want getting excited to see that, see what the starting rotation is going to look like. So, um, definitely excited to keep seeing these guys get out there and practice and just see how things are looking. But everything seems to be going better. Things are starting to fly now. So, yeah, I mean, especially too, it looks like a lot of the players who we didn't have access to last year. I mean, granted, it was a shorter season. You know, a lot of them are looking a little bit better. You know, Erod saying he's fully healthy this year, so that should definitely add some depth to the rotation, you know. I mean, as bad as, like, we were last season, even 2019 too, I'm not feeling too bad right now going into the season. Like, I don't think – I mean, at this point, I'm being realistic. I don't think that there's – you know, I don't think that they're going to win the, uh, the pennant, but at the same time, I'm not discounting this group. I'm not saying there's no chance to make it into the playoffs. You know, I'm hoping for a wild card, but I mean, I'd be stoked if they got even further than that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, going back to the Erod Sandy's healthy thing, that's huge because, I mean, look at 2018, 2019, he was one of the stars of the lineup there. You know, he was he was throwing great. He goes far into games. 19 game winner. 
Yeah, and Cora trusts him to to go far into the game, which is huge because, I mean, if it comes down to that, you don't have to use the bullpen as much. Last year, we were pretty heavily reliable on the bullpen. Um, and you know when the bullpen's not a great, a great part of the team at the time, that that's not necessarily something you want to do. I know the bullpen looks better, but huge to see um, Eddie's back and seems like he's ready to go and, uh, and, and just come out the gate. And then also Sale saying he was full go. Yep. Pump, I'm pumped about seeing that. You know, he seems like he's feeling better. But then they went and placed him on the 60-day IL. So, um, Yeah, I think sure. that's going to be more of a, uh, you know, just making sure he's fully ready to go, um, you know, and get back into it. Um, I mean, the guy's coming off of, uh, you know, surgery and stuff like that, pretty big surgery. So, you know, you want to make sure he's fully good. Also, it adds some room to our roster as well. Um, you know, moving into it. So I don't think it was a bad move. Um, I'm excited to uh, see him back when he's healthy, though, for sure. Yeah, having him go on to the IL, like you said, opens up that roster spot, which is just key with some of the acquisitions that we've been doing in the past couple of days. So definitely need to get those spots open. Um, do you see the the trade that the Sox did with the Rays there last week? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I don't think it's that bad of a trade. I think that uh, could be some good uh, players that we got. Yeah, especially, I mean, trading Mazza and Jeffrey Springs, both of them were DFA'd by the Sox like the week before. So it's it's basically at that point, it's it's free to just do that. They weren't going to have them on the team anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, we got a, a couple of, um, you know, okay players through it. You know, we got Nick Sogard, um, who's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's a minor league contract. Um, Ronaldo Hernandez looks like a pretty good player. So, you know, I'm not too upset about that. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Ronaldo Hernandez's stats right now. Um, it looks like in 2019 and 103 games, um, he was just an A, but he, he had nine home runs. Uh, he batted 265. So not great, but not terrible at the same time. Uh, 696 OPS. Um 299 on base percentage. So, I mean, I'm excited to see how that does. It adds to our farm system, which, you know, is depleted. So definitely need to get some people in there. And I, I don't hate to see that. Um, and he's still young. He's only 23 right now. So, yeah. I mean, it's good too to see like some of these other players as well, like Nate Ali and stuff like that, you know, getting in there and throwing some in, uh, in spring training. It's good to see him looking healthy. I mean, you know, he's always been a he's been a good starter for us, and you know, just a good man to kind of go to since we acquired him in 2018. You know, everybody remembers the uh, the long game in the World Series where you know he came in and pitched like six innings in relief. Uh, same time too. I mean, he's a very hard throwing starting pitcher, and you know, he has the opportunity to go deep into the game and you know pitch some really good innings. So it's really good to see him looking healthy again and getting some work in in spring training. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, Erod too. Going back to Erod, I know a lot of Erod, but like talking about him. A lot of Erod e love on this podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. And then uh, he hit him saying, uh, "Don't sleep on us." One reminds me a lot of the uh, 2004 Red Sox. Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar. Hundred percent. So I uh, super pumped to see him saying that, and I mean. You know, it makes me think that he he's definitely come hungry out of the gates for uh, the season after sitting out all last season. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think like with things like this, you know, these teams 
obviously like the players have to perform at a you know top peak to get far into the postseason and stuff but at the same time like they have to have faith in themselves as players and as a team like when Kevin Millar was saying that I mean in, in 2004 like nobody thought the Red Sox were going to be you know come back three games to nothing um, to the Yankees nobody thought they were going to win the World Series everybody thought it was going to be a wash like every other year but like that team had the faith in themselves so I mean you know, that's one of the things I'm actually looking forward to is because this team seems like it has a lot of faith. Heim Bloom is going out there having a lot of faith. Alex Cora, every single thing that I'm seeing, he's just talking about, yeah, you know, I think we're in a good spot with this team. You know, the, these players look good. And, you know, all these things saying that the Red Sox are not done in the offseason might get a couple more people at it. You know, I'm really excited to see how it continues. Yeah, and him, him talking about one of the the great things about this team is they have so many players who can play so many different positions. So um, I know he was basically saying that it seems like Kike is going to end up being the starting second baseman. At the end of the day, he's always going to end up at second base. But, um, I mean, they, they have players who can play pretty much anywhere. They It's a super utility team, which isn't a bad thing. That means if anybody goes down, they have a backup for it. So yeah. I definitely don't hate to see that. And I know Cora seems to think it's going to – definitely boost them in those positions so yeah and I mean a lot of these players too I mean just like you're saying like not only can they play all these positions but they have played them there and a lot of these players are pretty decent at the positions like Kike like he's played so many different positions and I mean yeah he might have been you know not a starter on the Dodgers or anything like that but I mean he's gonna be you know hopefully a starter for us and he's gonna be putting in the work and you know he's been an electric player for them um, he's had some big time hits. He's, you know, very good defensively. I think that a lot of people are sleeping on the Red Sox, and I don't think that they should necessarily be doing that. I think that there's going to be a lot of surprises with this upcoming year. Um, like you said, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, the team that they were in like 2018 with 108 wins. But at the same time, I, I don't, I wouldn't agree with the, uh, you know, the ranking that the books have him at, I have them at it like 80 and 82 after the Ben and Tenney trade. I don't think that that's the case. I, I'm, I'd be very surprised if this team was under a 500 team. Yeah. Um, I mean, the players have been putting in work too. I, I saw something that said um, earlier today, Alex Gore was talking about, you know, Chavis is down 10 pounds from, from what he was. So he's not like, He's not super skinny. He, he looks good. He's ready to go. And, you know, a lot of other players are getting in there, working hard to, to get into that mindset. They're saying that, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck's not going to, to strike out as, as much as he was. He's not going to strike out 40% of the times. And that uh, he, he's been definitely putting in the reps in the offseason. So I, I agree. I think that they're going to be higher than people are projecting them. And, and like Erod said, don't don't sleep on them. Um. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck, too, like when you when you bring up that with like the high strikeout percentage, like people have to realize those were his first time seeing major league pitching. So like, yeah, he might have been striking out a high percentage of times, but at the same time, like major league pitching is much different from minor league pitching. So you have to take that into account. And it's not like he was doing poorly. Like he hit home runs in like what, six consecutive games? Yeah, which, which is always a, a plus. I mean, you know, people are saying that the reason they strike out is because he's swinging hard to try and make connection. I mean, you, you see that's kind of a trend that a lot of players are starting to do a little bit more now. Like, you, you know, you see players like John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, they have high strikeout numbers too. But 
they're all stars when they make connection the ball flies they're they're people who the team can turn to later on in the game to try and make something happen so i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that he's going out and swinging and you know maybe he misses once in a while but you know when he does make connection that that's a it's a good hit the ball goes far yeah i mean he can definitely rake and like you said he's hitting the ball far so whether it's you know, even if he's not hitting a home run every time, if he's still pulling that ball in the outfield and there's runners on base, he's still advancing the runners, giving the opportunity to get some RBIs, get some more runs on the board. I mean, he's definitely a player. I'm very, I'm looking like really forward to him playing this year and getting a lot of actually playing time. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a sad thing that happened this week. Uh, Mitch Moreland signed with the A's the other day. How do you, uh, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I was really hoping, I mean, from all the things I was seeing, that the uh, the Sox were in talks with him and he could be possibly coming back as a lefty glove at first base. I was getting hopeful. I mean, um, I think it's going to be, you know, good for him. He should get some hopefully decent playing time in, uh, in Oakland. But at the same time, you know, it, it sucks when you see something like that. I mean, he was uh, one of the fan favorites. He was – you know, good for morale in the clubhouse. He was a good leader on the field. He, I mean, he's, he had that ball in the World Series, which is still going. So, you know, <laughs> at the same time, I mean, he's a good player and it sucks to see him go. But I mean, the other thing that I realized too is, you know, with these players all like signing his contracts, it doesn't mean that there's, that they're never going to be back. I mean, what if the Red Sox end up trading for him during the season? I mean, is it likely? Probably not. But at the same time, it could happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, I always wish the best for him. Hope that, you know, he's happy in Oakland. Um, and I'll still be rooting for him. I mean, I have the, you know, the number 18 jersey. Um, which yeah. I was wearing for Mitch Moore the past couple of years. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think he's definitely going to tear it up out in Oakland. Uh, where the thing that kind of made me sad was, I mean, his contract, it's, it's a one-year $2.25 million contract. So it's not like it was super expensive. So I kind of wish that the Sox had gone after him. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did, and we just don't don't know that yet or anything. But I think he definitely would have been a good leader to bring back for uh for this ro- not the rotation yeah, for the, but for you have the to team. Think about it too, from the Red Sox perspective, the guy was he's had issues the past couple of seasons staying healthy. So you can't just go all in on a guy like that. I mean, I understand that we did it with Chris Sale and then, you know, this huge injury and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, they have to think about their bankroll and stuff like that. Like, if a player is struggling to stay healthy, is is it worth more money than that to put him on the team just because he's a fan favorite or good in the clubhouse? I mean, that's the kind of thing you have to think about. They've been paying Dustin Pedroia for how long before he finally just retired. And I think he's still getting paid for this season. So... Yeah, I mean, you have to take things like that into consideration. You can't just dole out money because you think that somebody's a, a really good fit on the team. Like, club no, team. no, I, I get that. But, I mean, he would also be a good – I mean, he's a good veteran first baseman. So, for their team, it's such a young team, having him to at least even give knowledge and just allow – even if he's not the everyday starter, which, I mean, I'm sure if he had been brought back, he would have but just giving him the chance to to be in there for off days and give them an ability to take breaks, I don't think would have been a, a terrible thing. Um, but yeah, wish, wish Mitch Moreland nothing but the best out in Oakland. Hope he, he, uh, he does a good job and yeah. you know, 
excited to see him when he comes back to. Yeah, just quickly going off what you said, I mean, I think even if he had come back, I don't think he would have been an everyday starter at first. It would have been split time between him and Bobby Dahlbeck, depending on who's starting for the other team. You have a right-handed and a left-handed glove. So, I mean, it's not even like you'd be starting every day. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if he's going to be starting every day in Oakland or anything like that, but, I mean, you know, hopefully it's a good move for him. Yeah. Um, another thing I, I wanted to talk about was Kevin Plawecki getting placed on the COVID list. Um, he's he's really the only Sox player that you've heard about being placed on it so far this year. And it doesn't necessarily mean that he tested positive, but um, I mean, just, you know, showing, I mean, we're still obviously in the pandemic. I know there was total, I, I don't remember what the exact number was, but it was, it was something small. It was like, fraction of a percentage of players who tested positive across the whole MLB. So, I mean, it just sucks that it was Kevin Ploiecki for us who, you know, yeah. is getting placed on the list. I don't think it's a huge thing though. I mean, he, unless it ends up being like an ERAD type thing from, from last year. I mean, it's spring training right now. They're, the pitchers and catchers are reported. Players are starting to come, but I mean, it's still, um, it's still just spring training. And at the same time, you know, it's not like he's the everyday catcher or anything like that, too. So it, I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. Um, obviously, you know, I hope that he doesn't have long-lasting effects like Erod did last year. I hope that, you know, he's going to be healthy and get right back into it, and that's just like a one- or two-week thing. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be a huge detriment to the team right now. Um, it's like bad as that sounds because, you know, a player, unfortunately, did like could have tested positive for COVID all we know. But like I said, it's still early on, so – you know, hopefully it's nothing big. Yeah, hopefully he uh, he gets better if he is sick, and uh, we look forward to having him there. Um, Do you see the the big thing with Martin Perez and the jersey issue that was all over? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually have so much respect for him doing that. It, I mean, is it still on the Red Sox site that he's number thirty three? Let me double check. Because, like, that's one of the other things I like about um, Erod, too, is that uh, things like this come up. And, uh, I mean, it just shows that he's a player for the people and stuff like that. He wants to do everything to please people. I mean, he talked about in his tweet back um, that he was saying, you know, yeah, we want to uh, – he goes, like, Jason Veritek earned this number. I don't want to wear this number. I've never – you know, it's not something I want to do. He's number um, 54 on the website. All right, cool. So it looks like that switched back so that there's no issues. I mean, I think there's other, like, things that are going on with the website, too, like, just based on the numbers. I mean, they've had a couple of different mishaps with it, um, like Jackie Riley's number still, you know, being given to another person and then quickly changed back. So, I mean, you know, it could just be editing issues or something like that or, you know, people not realizing things like that. Uh, much respect for him. I mean, I tweeted at him and you know, unfortunately, he didn't tweet back at me. Um, but I told him too. You know, send me your Venmo. I'll, I'll send you. I don't have a ton of money. I'll send you a, you know, money for a beer too. I mean, I know Catherine Veritek was preaching for everybody in Boston to go out and buy him a beer. You know, I'm out in Vegas, so I can't go buy him a beer in person. But you know, I'd love to Venmo him for something like that. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, I. I mean, it just shows how much respect he has for this organization, and you know, like he said. I mean, his tweet said that it needs to be fixed and that even though he wore MLB 
or he wore the number 33 in his MLB career so far. Um, he respected it, belongs to Veritex since day one. So, I mean, that's huge. But then it raises another question, too. I know people were going off in the comments about it. Is it like, do you think Veritex number is deserving to be retired by the Sox? Yeah, absolutely. That's not even a question. His, yeah. I think his and Pedroia's numbers should be retired this next season. And honestly, like, I don't understand how it's taking this long to retire Veritex's number. I mean, he's still instrumental with the team. You know, he's still helping out with the team, coaching, stuff like that. I mean, and he's – he was a uh, – he was like a backbone to the championship-winning team. So, like, it is what it is. Like, there's no reason that it shouldn't have been retired already. Um, and I mean, I know that, you know – in the past couple of years, the the only number I believe that they were retired um, within the past season since Fairtech has retired the, himself have been 45 and 34. But at the same time, like 33 should be right up in the rafters with them. I mean, yeah. Jason Fairtech was super instrumental. He caught no hitters. He caught World Series games. He, you know, he, there's so many different things that are tied back to Jason Fairtech and him being a part of it I mean even like small I mean not even small things but just basic things that men I've had a huge impact on the entire season but like the four home runs back to back to back to back Jason Veritek was part of that like there's so many memories I have of Veritek on the field that I'd be astounded the Red Sox didn't retire his number catching no hitters here catching the 2004 World Series big things I mean he wore 33 from 2000 to 2011 and nobody has worn 33 since so I mean, obviously they have some respect for the number since they haven't given it out in 10 years. So I, I agree. I, I don't know why they wouldn't go ahead and retire. I think that's one of the the numbers that, you know, it's the most, it, it's one of the most influential numbers to Sox fans just because, I mean, he was the captain here. He, he, he had all that respect and he's still part of the organization. So I feel like it's it's only right for them to go ahead and retire that number for him so that way you don't run into a situation where maybe the player isn't so keen to give the number away or give it yeah. back. I think a jersey retirement ceremony between him and Pedroia would be actually something that would be so great to watch as a fan. Um, I'd 100% tune in. And like I said, I mean, if I could be there in person, I would. But, I mean, I mean like you have to hope that they're definitely going to retire Pedroia's number. Um, as soon as possible. So I hope that they take into consideration like everything that went on because as soon as um as soon as Martin Perez tweeted that out, like everybody was backing, you know, what he was saying and everybody fought for it to get it removed. So, you know, it's a hundred percent number that needs to go up there. Yeah, you don't want it to turn out being a number like Nomar's that there's fans who think that should have been retired long ago. And I mean since then there's been one, two, three, four, five, six seven eight nine times number uh the number five has been given out and then uh they just gave it to kike so that makes 10 times it's uh or no actually sorry I, alan craig's on here twice but still nine times since it's been given out since he left the socks so you don't want to see that ever happen the number 33 that's it's a big instrumental part to the team here so yeah i mean another number two that i i kind of saw uh <laughs> bouncing around Twitter is uh, that Red Sox stats tweeted that uh, Trot Nixon feels like an egregious omission from the Red Sox Hall of Fame. And then Chris Cotillo, you know, commenting back, the countdown is on for Red Sox Twitter. Start pressuring Christian Vasquez to give up his number. 
Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily like a super, super serious thing, but at the same time, I mean, I think just in general, like a, a lot of those guys who played for the team for a very long time, like I could definitely see down the road, you know, those numbers getting retired. Like Trot Nixon was an instrumental part of the team too, things like that as well. So, I mean, I don't know if that was a joking matter. Um, at the same time, I kind of hope not. I'd love Trot Nixon when he played. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that we're going to be in a time period where we see, you know, at least a couple of numbers retired soon by the Sox. What do you uh, what do you think think about this John Schreiber Schreiber, um, who was uh, picked up by the Sox? He got placed on waivers by Detroit, and then they claimed him from waivers. Do you what do you think about him? Um, I don't know. I guess the, I don't think I can accurately make like an assumption based on the guy. I mean, he doesn't have that much time in the MLB. I mean, he played for the Tigers from 2019 to 2020, but I mean, his career record's two and one with a 6-2-8 ERA and 33 strikeouts. So I mean, it's not like he has a ton of time, um, you know, MLB. He's pitched 28 um, total innings. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say I can't like accurately make an assumption based on all that because like, what have I seen from the guy? I can't judge anything that he's done. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's played a very little amount of time. I mean, could he be good? Yeah, but at the same time, there's a chance he's bad. I mean, we've gotten players in the past who we thought were going to be good and then end up being just shit. So, I mean, <laughs> could that happen again? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully he's a good player, but I think the jury's still out on this one. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't turn out to be shit, but, I mean, you know, yeah. they say time will tell. Um, on that one, so um, and then the spring training schedule got released last week. Um, I think the I first game, yeah, the first game for it, I believe, is the 28th. Is their first game, yep. Uh, Red Sox at Twins on February 28th. Um, and then goes pretty heavy for the next month uh, from there. So going to definitely be excited. All pretty much 105 games. So nice daytime games. I got two of them at 6.05, um, March 24th, March 25th. But super pumped about that. Uh, excited to see them back. So, I mean, this is – Wait, what did you say the first game was? First game is February 28th. Next next Sunday, one week from today, 105 Red Sox at Twins. Oh, okay. The only ones I'm seeing online are the revised one that was posted on the 12th, where it has. Yeah, this is this is accurate of. This is accurate as of February 12th. Oh, the first game I see is. Oh, oh my bad! I missed the February game. That's my bad. Yeah, it's just because it's tucked in that little corner there on the on the images. Yeah, so I'm excited to see that. You gonna try and tune in for that? Um, yeah, I mean it's a Sunday game, so one of my days off. So yeah, I can definitely do that. I'm excited to like watch baseball again. And I mean, I know there's a ton of people who don't watch spring training and say spring training doesn't matter. And I mean, in the end, does it really? No. But at the same time, I mean, it it 
gets baseball back. So I'm always down for it. I hate when it's the off season for baseball. I mean, I like watching all these pickups and stuff like that and seeing what goes on in the off season. Um, players of free agency and everything like that. But at the same time, like, I just want to watch some baseball again. And even if it's not spring, I mean, even if it is spring training, I'm so excited to see it. And it also gives us a look into some of these players too, who, you know, we're talking about, like, could Schreiber, you know, get some innings in spring training? Absolutely. Could he be really good in spring training? Yeah, definitely. Could he be really bad? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it gives you a chance to see players like that and see kind of what to expect when they come in. And I know that, like, you know, spring training competitions not always, you know, a very good judgment on how the season's going to go because all the teams are doing the same thing, rotating players through. But, I mean, it gives us an idea of at least what they can do. So I'm very excited for it. I just can't wait for baseball to be back. Yeah, and it gives them good momentum. I mean, I mean, look at the 2018 team. Just went in there, crushed spring training, and just came out and steamrolled everybody. And then, you know, 2019 – Obviously, a big lull there. They didn't do so well in spring training. They had a sucky year, um, and then last year, you know, obviously, all the all the pandemic shit just didn't help at all in having to shut that down. But um, you know, I'm I'm pumped to see the pandemic getting back, or not. Sorry, no, that's not what I meant. The the baseball getting back. Yeah, sorry, the <laughs> pandemic is not. No, I'm not excited to to do that. Um, if I could go back and like backspace what i said i would do that there um but unfortunately you can't so you just got to move on time will tell but um you know where i lost my train of thought now scott you got to just say something i just lost my train of thought all right well so then getting back into uh some other topics let me get us off the topic of you talking about COVID coming back um jackie watch 2021 what do you think I don't know. I'm very surprised that he's still on the market at this point for for being the talent that he is. So, I mean, I'm not out on a possible reunion happening. I think there's potential. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see him come back with the Sox. I know that they've been in talks with him. They're still so. in talks with him six hours ago. Um Six hours ago, CBS Sports MLB tweeted that the Red Sox are still in touch with him. So, still could happen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I really don't want to see him go. I don't want to see the entirety of, you know, that uh, that great outfield be gone. I mean, do you see that tweet, too, from Danny Vietti um, on Valentine's Day about the players with 60 home runs and five-plus D-war since 2016? Yeah. yeah. Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, honestly, you gotta... kind of surprised that like Mike Trout isn't on there too. But even so, I mean, regardless, like Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts, we got rid of one of them. So why are we not bringing him back? And I know that it would put us over the luxury tax to bring him back. But at the same time, like, I don't know. But, I but Heim they... said that there's nothing against them going past the luxury tax this year and that that's not like they they got to where they needed to like i know people are there's definitely going to be people if they do go over the luxury tax who are like oh we got rid of mookie so we didn't have to do this but we that's all in the past they they did what they had to do there heim's not against going over the luxury tax he said that he has the power to do that so i don't think it's a bad thing and i mean the last time that jackie posted on instagram i mean 
he's down in Naples, Florida, which I mean, if you look up Naples to um oh my god, if you look up Naples to Fort Myers, it is only 45 minutes away. So, I mean, you do the math. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't be against it for sure. I think that it would be very exciting to have him back. Um, I mean, do I get – like, I know so many people have hate for him during the season. Like, oh, his bat's not that good. His bat's not that good. But, like, the thing that they're not realizing is that he's a very, very, very good center fielder. So, regardless of what his bat says – and also his bat is not bad. Like, is his average the highest? No. Is he batting 300? No. At the same time, I mean, like that thing shows, since 2016, he's got over 60 home runs. So regardless of what you're thinking, like in four seasons, he's he's averaging like at least 15 home runs a season. So that that plus his his defensive glove, like he's a very good player. And also 2020, like 60 games. So you can't even count that as a full season. So with that all included, he's got at least 60 home runs. So you know, all these people saying, oh, he's not worth it, he's not worth it, and all these people who have been calling for his trades for, you know, the past couple of years, honestly, like, it upsets me because the, one of – like, yeah, are bats important? Yeah, because you can't win games without runs, but at the same time, if the other team is scoring all these runs, you're going to get beat every single time. So we have the best defensive center fielder in the game. Why would we not resign him? Yeah, and exactly. I, I mean – no, I mean, he's still available. I think, you know, obviously maybe the market's not what he was looking for. So don't think it would be bad for him to go back to the Sox, see if he can work up a bigger contract with them next year or, you know, work up what he wants to, but at least try and bring him back for this year, help build up that outfield and, you know, try and put some some better talent out there and give us a, a better shot at getting things. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe we're a little biased too, you know, growing up in the area and like going to see him even coming up through the minors with Pawtucket and stuff. But at the same time, like if, if they can go over the luxury tax, why not bring him back? Like why give another team access to that um, defensive caliber player? Like he he'd be he he'd be the starting center fielder for us. Like I know that we have other players too. Like our outfield is not bad right now, but to have his glove in center field is especially to Fenway park with a four twenty-five to, you know, dead center with the, you know, the divot out in center field, that's huge, huge ground to cover. So we need a fast player who can cover that. And Jackie has proven that he can do that time and time and time again, robbing home runs at other ballparks. Like Jackie is a great center fielder. So obviously if he doesn't sign with the Sox, I'm going to be sad, but I, don't think that anybody should discount him coming back yet. I think no, there's I, still a chance at this point. I mean, the fact that he hasn't been signed yet. So, I mean, last week when we said it, I said I, w- I would be surprised if he came back. But at the same time, now I'm kind of retracting on that because I hope that he comes back. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope this week that they'll start saying something. He's got to be getting itchy out there with uh, spring training starting. So hopefully we'll, we'll see some movement there. And then um, another thing I just wanted to, to say was, did you see the contact tracing buzzers that they're going to be having for spring training? No, I didn't. So they're going to be wearing like little 
buzzer type things that uh, when they get too close to somebody for too long of a period of time or anything like that, it's going to start buzzing to let them know, hey, you got to back up. You got you're too close to this person. Um, but it also helps them keep track of who's been around who. So if a player for some reason does test positive, they know everybody who's been around them the whole time. And so there's like fines and things like that if they're not wearing these. So, um, I mean, my, my hope is that it's going to help them keep the season going longer and get things going. I know the NBA had the kind, that kind of thing in the bubble. I think they had those rings that they were wearing. So this is just a different type of thing for them to use. But I think it's going to allow them to have this full season that they're planning on and hopefully make things start getting better and back to where they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would definitely be cool. Do they have to wear them outside of the field too? Like while they're just like chilling or is it just. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know that there's like certain places that like certain things that that players have to do when they're not at the field as well. Like I know that they're not allowed to like spend time with their families. Um, once they go back to the hotel, they're not allowed to have their families in their rooms at all. The families I think can travel with them but they have certain like spots that are going to be okayed for them. So like different restaurants, things like that, that they'll be able to sit with them at or like a park. But once it goes to the hotel, they have to quarantine in their rooms themselves. So um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that part. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, hopefully we'll see how that works. Um, I did want to ask, cause kind of going back to last week too, when, you know, they were announcing the top 100 players in the league you said that you wouldn't be surprised if Xander Bogarts was in the top 10 or anything like that. So Xander. I said top 20 as well. I said top 20 as well. You said top 20 and then said, wouldn't be surprised if top 10. So, I mean, we can, we can replay it if you want. We don't need to. Okay. So what are your thoughts on uh, Xander place at number 25? Um, I, I don't hate it. He's, he's right around other guys in his position who he, he's similar caliber. He's of. literally in a group of four shortstops together. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't, I don't disagree with it. Um, I mean, I would have liked to see him go lower, but I think he definitely is up in the company where he he deserves to be, and higher in the conversation. I mean, if you argue that he's definitely not, or if you say he's not the best player that the Sox have, you're just lying to yourself. He's one of the top shortstops in the game. Um, he's a young guy. He likes to be here. So I'm excited to see him in that spot. I would have liked to see more Sox players in that top 100. But, you know, seeing who was placed there, I don't really know who else you could have added. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, in a really good spot with, like, the, the players that he's in. I mean, the only short stuff – like, in that grouping of four, the, the one who places right above – of him is uh, Corey Seager who was instrumental to you know the Dodgers winning last year um outside of that too he, he ranks right in front of uh let me go back to it he ranks right before Trey Turner um he's right before Tim Anderson so I mean there's some really good shortstops in his company I mean like you said too when you're saying you know he's the best Red Sox player I mean he's the highest ranking player on that list for the Sox which I mean is unfortunate we don't have any players lower than 25 on the list yeah but at the same time I mean we know that we're in like kind of a rebuilding stage right now. I mean, I got rid of Mookie who ranks number two on the list. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Xander's right where he needs to be right on that list. I, I knew that he, I had a feeling he was going to be in, you know, the, the mid twenties to high twenties or low thirties. So 25 
you know, fits in right where I thought he was going to be. Um, the only, so the only player at all. The only player on the Sox, I think, that might have gotten cheated by not being on that list at all is Christian Vasquez. I think he should have at least been somewhere on that list. Um, I mean, he, he's definitely one maybe of the best. Like, maybe in, like, the, the 90s. I, I don't think that he – like, there, there's so many good players in the MLB, like – no offense, like I know that we're Sox fans, like to be saying this, but there's a lot of really, really, really good players, and they didn't do it by position or anything like that, too. Like it's just I know the I'm top 100 players. Okay, I understand that. You know that he's one of the best. I, I'm not just trying to. I, I know, I know, I'm a homer. I know, I like. I mean, the past couple of seasons, he's had really, really good seasons. But if he and if he keeps up that, I could definitely see him in the top 100 in the next couple of years, possibly. I know. Let me. But I let mean, me, I, let me I talk right now. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. sorry, sorry. Well, all I'm saying is I know, I know I'm a huge Sox fan. I, I like having the Sox in these these rankings, and you know, obviously I'm gonna have favorites there and think that they oh they all should be on that list. I think he has a legitimate reason to be on that list because yes, he I know they didn't do it by position like you said, but he is one of the best catchers in the game defensively. He reads the field well. He's got a cannon. But then also, like, if you look on this list as well, um, like, if you look at his stats, I mean, last year he only had seven home runs, but that's over 60 games. He only played in 47 games. He had seven home runs. In 2019, 138 games, 23 home runs. He batted 276. He batted 283 last year. He has a career 259. So he, he's by far one of the best batting catchers in the league. He's also one of the best defensive catchers in the league. And so it, to not have him on the list at all, I feel like I feel like even if he made it in the 90s or 80s, I don't think that would have been unfair to put him in there he's with that company. definitely getting better, but I still don't think that he deserves to be, like, high up on the list if he does it all. Like I said, I would put him in maybe the 90s. But that's still a stretch. I mean, like you're saying, like 259 career, like 259 is not fantastic. Like the past couple of seasons, like, yeah, he's been good. Like he's been getting better. I'm not denying that. Like he's he's playing a much better game of baseball than he previously had. So, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps up how he's playing, you know, seeing that, that number creep up and him go further too. And I mean, I think, you know, he's going to keep solidifying himself as, you know, the premier starter for the Sox and getting more playing time and stuff like that. So I think that we're going to see him keep getting better because he has like 23 home runs in 2019. Like he was one of the, like, he was one of the, the better, you know, he was one of the better batting players on the team in 2019. You know, they struggled a lot that year. Um, you know, they still had players with a lot of home runs, but I mean, for Christian Vasquez, like he kind of popped off at the end of the year. And then, you know, seven home runs in, you know, 43 games, like you were saying, that's that's really good for last year. Um, this year they're projecting so, uh, him – this year they're projecting him at 18 home runs, 253 batting average, and a 311 on-base percentage. Blows his stats out of the water. I'm sure he'll be, you know, considered a bit higher. But at the same time, I don't – really disagree with many of their rankings. I mean, you know, their top 10 players and stuff that they have are the top 10 players in the league. Like, you can't deny that. Um, I mean, I think that all those players that they have are kind of in the rightful spots. Um, 
with it. You know, Mike Trout obviously going number one. I knew it was going to be between him or Mookie. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset about any of the rankings at all that they have. And I think that, like I said, that they're just going to keep getting better um, as it goes on. Um, one thing I did want to say, too, just kind of bring it up. I told him I was going to talk about it. Um, my buddy Pat in my office, um, this is kind of like separate from what we were saying, but uh, he decided to go through and the AL East kind of rank all the players, each position player on scale one to five between the, uh, the five teams and like put where they were. And then the lowest score is what he thinks is like the best teams and stuff like that. So he actually had the Red Sox as the third best team in the AL East, which I know some production projections have had like, you know, the Blue Jays over the Sox and stuff like that too. So he, I, I left the paper on my desk at work so I can grab it and I can you know talk about it again next week. But I'm pretty sure if I remember he had, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles for their top, top players and stuff like that. Like he had, I think he had Xander as like the number one um, shortstop. I think he had Divers as the one, number one third baseman, you know, in Ailes and stuff like that. So, I mean, these that that's how you rank it, the lowest number wins. So, um, you know, I, and I agreed with a lot of his positions that he had for things. I mean, a couple of things I would change up. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. I mean, things like that just give me more hope for, you know, the season. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, All right, have you, uh, have you oh, really quick, have you been seeing this, uh, this big feud going on on Twitter between uh, <laughs> Trevor Bauer and uh, Noah Syndergaard? Yeah. Cause Syndergaard's kind of being a jerk to some fans. Um, well, I mean, he, he did do that too, but he was calling Trevor Bauer out for, the whole Mets situation to begin with. They've just been kind of going back and forth. So I'm going to yeah. keep watching. I kind of want to see where it ends, but it was kind did of you see fun the, to watch. Did I mean, you see the comments on Trevor Bowers? Um, on Trevor Bowers' recent post or, or the post that the Dodgers had about Bauer joining? Did you just read the comments on it? No, on, on what? Instagram or? Uh, on Twitter. On the, on the post Twitter. that the Dodgers posted of Trevor Bauer. Um, warming up in the bullpen and then he caught the ball behind his back. Like there's a ton of comments just going off about, I mean, I don't want to obviously get into politics or anything on, on the podcast, but um, just, I, I would check it out. Um, he's getting kind of a lot of, a lot of hate on there. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what the, uh, what the fans reaction is when he first steps out onto the field in LA. So um, definitely want to, want to watch that uh, i got my i got uh, it was brought to my attention i i was going down twitter and i saw pat light had tweeted about it um but yeah anybody who sees that I would definitely go take a look um and just like i said it's gonna be interesting to see how he's gonna be received on the field in la on uh whatever day he starts i don't think he'd make i don't think he's gonna be opening day for the dodgers i really don't i think yeah no Clayton Kershaw probably be opening day and then Mark Bueller. They're going to give Clayton Kershaw the opening day start. No, I don't think so. Yes, they are. He's the face of their franchise. They 100% aren't. I don't know. Even if he's not the number one guy in the rotation, Clayton Kershaw is going to start opening day. I don't know. I mean, I, I almost guarantee it. 
Like I said, even if he's the number two in the rotation, he's going to get the opening day start. You can think against that all you want, but you're being stupid if you don't think so. He's the face of their organization. I don't I mean, think I'm being like stupid. Best, um, signing and stuff like that, but Clayton Kershaw has been a Dodger's entire life. He's going to end up retiring a Dodger most likely. They're going to give it to Clayton Kershaw. I don't know. Okay, well, you're being stupid if not, but... Well, I don't think it's necessarily stupid, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll fight about it when it comes to it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that that should do it for our second episode. Again, wanted to thank Group W Bench Racing for being our first sponsor. Um, Absolutely phenomenal racing crew. Absolutely phenomenal. If anybody's ever up in the Burlington, Vermont area um, and out on uh lake champlain definitely keep an eye out for that that crew um hard to keep an eye out they're so fast i mean ridiculously fast they just win like crazy um so yeah wanted to again thank them um i know we're working on potentially trying to get some uh interviews to do on this um it hasn't been going well so far um, I've been reaching out to some players, getting ignored quite a bit, but going to work on changing that. Just to keep throwing some uh, some DMs their way, see if we can get something working. But um, yeah, wanted to thank everybody for joining us here, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah, so uh, that's all she wrote. All right, see ya.